throughout my 20s into my early 30s, toward my middle 30s, uh, I struggled greatly in life uh, and uh, engaged in a lot of uh, self-destructive behavior, uh, hurt myself and other people, and uh, I was very unhappy, very unhappy person. Uh, I didn't realize I was so unhappy. Uh, and then, and then I did, and then I did. Uh, at some point, I'd say I was, it was the late eighties, let's say I was 33, 34 years old. And uh, I, I, had a realization, you know, that proverbial moment of clarity that, you know, you're really unhappy, you're, you're suffering. I don't know that I used the word suffering. I don't know that I articulated, uh, uh, you know, in so many words where I was and what I was going through, but there was just this taking a step back from my life, you know, that just kind of happened. And somehow I kind of took a step back it was almost, you know, again, a moment of clarity, as I said, although it probably manifested over a more uh, lengthy period of time. But uh, there was this taking a step back and recognizing my unhappiness, my suffering. Uh, and it was a profound, it was a profound realization. And uh, you know, there was, it was profound to realize my my pain and my unhappiness uh, and it was also very profound because as I recognized my unhappiness I remembered my wish to be happy you know I remembered that uh, that uh, I had always had as a as a young boy as a teenager as an adolescent uh, as a young man uh, a great wish to be happy, and I, I looked to life uh, with great uh, anticipation and joy, uh, and uh, and I had a great wish to be happy. Uh, and uh, it was a profound moment because I recognized uh, my happiness, my unhappiness, and I remembered my wish to be happy. And I realized that there was a, a, a happiness that was available to me, to us in this life. Uh, you know, you know, that, that, that was really clear to me. You know, that was really clear to me at that time. Uh, you know, I, and that's what you know, led to my following you know, a spiritual path and uh, doing the things I did to get uh, my life in order and to start to practice the Buddhist teachings. Uh, you know, I wanted to end my suffering, but, but I knew that there was a, a happiness uh, that was uh, available to us in this life. It was very clear to me that there was. I understood that. I understood that. Because I don't think we, we move forward you know, unless we, you know, on this path, which is, you know, a challenging path, unless we have some understanding that there is a greater happiness in this life. 
you know, of course, and this is what the Buddha came to understand himself. He said, you know, the path begins with a recognition of our suffering and then faith that there is something on the other side of it. path begins with a recognition of suffering and an understanding and faith that there is something on the other side of it. There is a happiness that is available to us in this life, in this life. You know, when, when we're suffering and when we're in a lot of pain, uh, one, of the, uh, one of the characteristics of that pain and that suffering is that we can't see that we're in that pain. I mean, we know we're in some kind of pain, uh, but we really can't see clearly. We're blinded. We're blinded. Uh, we live in thought worlds or in sense pleasures uh, in a dream state, and we really don't understand uh, our, our pain and our suffering. We really can't see it clearly. And this is the nature of, of dukkha, the nature of suffering. Uh, you know, suffering uh, is our pain is is a function of what's known in Pali as avijja. It's usually translated into uh, English as ignorance. You know, uh, some of the Pali, uh, some of the Thai teachers translate it as non-awareness. I like that non-awareness. We don't have awareness. Uh, we don't have awareness that there is such a thing as suffering. We don't have awareness that we are experiencing suffering. Uh, we don't have awareness of a path that leads to the end of suffering. Uh, so, you know, when we're suffering, we are in this state of ignorance. doesn't mean that we're not brilliant academians. It doesn't mean that we're not... You know, our IQs aren't, uh, aren't uh, well-developed. Uh, uh, it means that, uh, uh, you know, we're blinded to certain truths. And, and part of that being blinded to certain truths uh, includes uh, a lack of willingness, orientation to those truths willingness to understand those truths. So uh, what our practice asks us to do uh, in, in many ways is to, is to come out, well, what it asks us to do, and this is really the, you know, the, how the practice develops, is to, is to come out of ignorance. Uh, and so in many ways what it asks us to do is to kind of take a step back and bring awareness to uh, our suffering and to see our suffering. Uh, when we're able to take a step back, and this is, you know, this is the profound thing uh, about taking a, a little bit of a step back, uh, and uh, you know, there has to be some of that. Uh, you know, there's a quality in the taking a step back of uh, wanting understanding. You know. In this taking a step back, there's uh, uh, a seeing of our pain in a way that we hadn't been able to see it uh, when we were caught in it. Uh, there's the ability in taking a step back to see our suffering and at the same time 
when we take a step back and bring awareness to our suffering, we're also able to see that there is something that isn't suffering. You know, the taking a step back enables us to see not just that there's suffering, but that there is something that isn't suffering. There's non-suffering. There's an end of suffering. There's a condition uh, that comprises an end of suffering. There is happiness, true, a true happiness. So, so much of our practice, of course, is about being able to take a step back, to take a step back. We tend to think practice is about a doing, a doing, a doing, you know, but it's really more putting us in position for non-doing, for taking a step back and for letting understanding be there. This capacity to be able to, or this practice of being able to take a step back uh, is so important for us to be able to look at our suffering in this way with some space because we all experience suffering. You know, we all experience suffering. I mean, words are kind of funny. You know, we, I'm using this word suffering today and I'm really talking about, you know, the suffering in the heart, you know, the suffering in the heart, this condition of dukkha when the heart is blocked. You know, we all experience this suffering. The Buddha said, as, as a bodhisattva, a young man looking out at the world, uh, he said, I, I looked out at the world and I saw people suffering. You know, he, you know, it, was, it was a profound understanding because he had been kind of shielded from the world. And he said, I looked out at the world and I saw people suffering in all kinds of ways, uh, caught uh, in, in, in the tangled webs of greed, hatred, and delusion, on fire, uh, you know, beings on fire with greed, hatred, and delusion. And then he said something interesting. You know, he said, I saw all beings in suffering and in pain. And then he said, I looked inside myself and I saw the same thing. It's interesting how he characterizes that too. He says, and he said, I looked inside and saw hard to see, you know, my own suffering, the arrow in my own heart, the arrow in my own heart. Hard to see, right? Hard to see, the arrow in my own heart. Uh, but he saw his own suffering. And he had a wish to come to the end of that suffering. So we all experience pain. Uh, you know, uh, you know it, it's useful to, to recognize that on sort of this macro level that I described in terms of my own experience of recognizing, you know, and, and at different points in our in our life, in our spiritual practice, you know, we pull back and we say, wow, there's a lot of, a lot of expletive deleted going on in my life, you know? There's a lot of difficulty and I'm really, I'm struggling and, you know, and, and we realize that. Uh, uh, and then, you know, so there's sort of that macro level taking a step back and then there's that, uh, uh, you know, sort of day-to-day, -day. you know, let's, I'm trying to think of the right parameter. There's sort of that day-to-day -day coming out of avijja, coming out of non-awareness. There's that day-to-day -day 
moment-to-moment awareness uh, that there is suffering. So, so, you know, this is one of the really important strategies that we practice, that the Buddha teaches us in our practice. Very simple strategy of just to be aware that there is suffering. Just to be aware that there is suffering. Just to be able to take a step back and say, okay, there's suffering. The Buddha said, that's your default strategy. You know, that's your default strategy, just the simple practice of uh, being able to take a step back. You know, and of course, you know, we're talking about bringing awareness to the fact that there is suffering. Uh, that's different than, oh my God, I'm suffering. You know, you know, we're talking about bringing awareness to the fact that there is suffering or just being aware, uh, just acknowledging that there is suffering uh, and just leaving it at that, leaving it at that, at that. Very simple strategy. That's why, you know, the teaching says, you know, this is kind of your default strategy. There's a lot of strategies, right? You know, all kinds of strategies. Many, many strategies. And we had a good discussion of this in one of our groups recently. You know, it's like, all oh, these strategies, what do I do? You know, it's like, keep it simple. Keep it simple. Keep it simple. You know, you have to learn a lot of all these strategies and, and, and how to apply them. And there's different times for using different strategies. Uh, but one of the most, you know, and, and so it's not like one size fits all. It's not one size fits all. You know, uh, you know, it's not like all I've got is a hammer and everything's a nail. You know, it's like at different times you use different strategies. And this particular strategy, which is one of the most useful just to bring awareness to the fact that there's suffering. There is suffering. But again, it, you know, it means having that little bit of space. You're pulling back. You know, this strategy is particularly useful. You know, so this is, this is, you know, what I perhaps immodestly call real life Dharma. You know, the Dharma is, is a pragmatic teaching. It's a pragmatic teaching. You know, it's practical. This is a practical teaching because we suffer, you know? So, so what do we do because we suffer? Uh, well, there's different things. This is one of the things that we can do that's, that's useful and particularly useful uh, when we're kind of stuck, right? When we're kind of stuck in a, in a, in a groove, right? Where we all got our grooves, you know, our grooves of suffering. You know, we got our good grooves and our not so good grooves, right? Anybody have a good groove of stuff, su- suffering when you're in like a rut? You can't seem to get out, anybody? I see a few hands being raised. <laughs> you know, when we're caught in a cycle, you know, the Buddha called that the cycle of birth and death. You know, it's like suffering arises, you know, you're grasping, you know, you're holding on, you're in a narrative, whatever, you know, it passes for, and then it comes back again, and you know, and it's just this, you know, you're in this, you're in this groove, you're in this, in this cycle of birth and death, you're in pain. Generally, when we're in pain, uh, we're sort of blinded to what's happening. Again, we're in a, you know, part of the, the, uh, the, 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 the practice, part of the, uh, you know, the, the process, excuse me, it is a practice, it's a practice of suffering. 
uh, part of the process of suffering is that, you know, you're blinded to it, you know, and that's why it's so, so hard, you know. That's why taking a step back is the first thing that we have to do. I was fortunate, you know, when I was 34 years old that somehow inadvertently I took a step back, uh, you know, tripped over my own feet, took a step back, realized I was suffering, saw that there was happiness, and here I am today, 30-some-odd years later. Uh, so uh, when we're in one of these grooves of pain and suffering, uh, you know, we don't quite realize what's going on. That's part of the nature of that experience. And in our efforts to alleviate our pain, because we realize we're in pain, you know, we just don't really quite realize what's going on. In our efforts to alleviate our pain, oftentimes, more often than not, uh, I would say, we create more pain. We create more pain. So the classic uh, metaphor the Buddha uses is, you know, there's an arrow in the heart, just like the Buddha said, there was an arrow in my heart. And, you know, we we kind of have a this, we feel this arrow in the heart, so we grab another arrow and try to dig that arrow out, you know? And then we create even more pain, and it's like, I'm really in pain, give me another arrow. And we just keep, you know, jabbing ourselves, right? Or there's the, you know, there's the there's the analogy of the monkey, you know, who get, you know, the hunter puts out the trap to catch the monkey, the tar trap, right? You know, the tar paper, the monkey puts his hand on the tar paper and he's stuck, right? He's, oh my God, I'm stuck. I gotta, he takes his other hand and says, I'm gonna, and he sticks his other hand in the tar paper in an effort to get, and then he puts his foot in and he puts his other foot in. He says, I'm stuck. And then he puts his face down, you know, and he dies, you yeah. So, you know, that's kind of how we are. Let me try this. Let me try that. Let me do something. Let me do something. You know, there's always, there tends to be this need to try to do something, right? To do something. I've got to do something about this pain. Well, sometimes there are things that we have to do, but uh, this, this desperate need to do something uh, generally when we're in a rut creates more pain. I mean, a lot of times that doing something, you know, is either running away from it or trying to figure it out, using the thinking mind to try to get our way out of it. So uh, instead, you know, what's often called for uh, or what good strategy, you know, and this strategy implies is not so much to do something, but just to take a step back from doing anything take a step back from doing anything and just acknowledge, okay, they're suffering. So, you know, it's very simple practice. You know, it's like, there's suffering. There's suffering. You want to use your own word for it. That's fine. You know, but it's just this taking a step back and just acknowledging their suffering. When we take a step back from it and acknowledge it and acknowledge it, because we're not really acknowledging it before then, right? You know, we're trying to get rid of it or we're trying to change it or, you know, we're not really looking at it clearly. There's not, there's not clear seeing, right? There's not clear seeing, you know? You know, there's not clear seeing. We take a step back, we're actually 
letting go of trying to do anything, and then we're able to kind of see clearly. And this shift takes place, right? The shift takes place uh, where there's some space, right? And just then, in that moment, when you, when, you, when you take that step back from it, right? Now, you've all seen this, right? You take a step back from it, and you say, oh, there's suffering. You know, in that moment, you sort of unhook from it, right? You unhook from it. And, you know, maybe it's just a moment, but you, you start to see and understand the potential for unhooking, you know, that the suffering is optional. You know, taking that step back, uh, you know, there's that quality of equanimity, you know, the space and the capacity to take a step back is, is, is a function of equanimity. Uh, and uh, there is this quality. And of course, we're trying to, in taking a step back and just, and just observing it for a moment, you know, just being aware that there is suffering, you know, of course, what we're what we're uh, what we're engaging in is a practice of acceptance, right? It's a practice of acceptance. You know, this is the way that it is. Sometimes I'll do, I'll, sometimes I'll add a little bit on to their suffering, right? You don't want to add too much on because then the mind starts to get involved, you know, and the mind starts to get involved. There is suffering, oh, and then you start trying to figure it out and you know, trace its roots, and there is suffering. But sometimes I'll add on just a little bit more to that in the service of uh, nurturing acceptance. This is the way it is. You know, this is the way it is in this life. They're suffering. They're suffering. This is the truth. This is just the way it is in this human realm, in this conditioned realm. I mean, unless you're an arhant, you know, there's going to be the suffering of dukkha. We're, you know, we're talking primarily here about the suffering of dukkha. There's going to be the suffering on the heart. We all experience it. It's like when we're suffering, it's like this is happening to me and no one else. Every one of these 27 people here experiences suffering, will experience it today, gets into ruts, gets stuck. It's the way that it is. The heart understands that. The heart understands that. When you take a step back from it and just acknowledge it, the heart goes, duh. You know, I mean, that's, that's my facetious way of doing it recently. But, you know, the heart says, yes, this is the way that it is. We all suffer. We all suffer. Everybody goes through difficulty and challenge and pain in this human realm, you know, in this difficult life. This is the way that it is. When there's that step back that we take, uh, you know, and there's that just that moment, you know, there's and there's, there's that little bit of acceptance, you know, because if there is an acceptance, then it's like I don't like this suffering, right? You know, it's like no, there's suffering. You know, that's adding another arrow. There's okay, there is suffering. You keep it really simple. The heart understands, you know, that what's going on here is that the heart is blocked, right? Because, because when we're caught in suffering, we have a whole compilation of ideas and stories about what's going on, right? 
about what's going on. And it was my father who did this and the guy at work. And, you know, the fact that I sprained my ankle when I was in 12th grade and I couldn't go to my graduation. And that's the reason why I'm in pain. You know, and it's like we have all these ideas, you know, about why, why we're in pain, you know, you know and, all, and, and about what's going on, you know. The Buddha's not that concerned with that. What he's concerned with is like, what's, what's the diagnosis? You know, the heart is blocked. The heart understands that. There's suffering in the end of suffering. The heart is blocked. You know, in that moment when you take a step back, it's like, what's the issue at hand? The issue at hand is the heart is blocked. And this is how we've been talking about what dukkha is. The heart is blocked. This is very profound. You know, if there's, if there's that little bit of space with acceptance, you don't have to think about these things, you know? And again, I'm kind of giving you all the subtext because I got to give a talk that lasts a half hour. You know, the short, the short version of this talk is there is suffering. Do that practice. I'm just sort of explaining to you what's happening in that less than a second when you're doing that, right? You know, there's an opportunity for wisdom for the heart to understand that it's blocked. My poor heart. My poor heart. Up until then, I'm a schmuck. I'm an idiot. That person's a jerk. The world sucks. It's, no, it's my poor heart. My poor heart is blocked in that moment. There's a moment of that understanding, and what follows on that is the heart's response to that, which is compassion, which is compassion. So not doing anything, not doing anything, letting wisdom be there, letting the heart respond with wisdom, with understanding, with compassion, with compassion. So I don't feel compassion. Oh, how do I make the compassion happen? You don't make the compassion happen. You don't make the compassion happen. Sorry. You know, you know? you're creating a little bit of space so the heart can respond the way the heart responds with compassion. So we take this step back, the heart knows, we see that there is something other than suffering. So in that moment, you know, and these are moments, right? Practice is all about these moments, right? These moments when we just bring awareness, when we come out of ignorance. It's about coming out of ignorance. It's about coming out of ignorance. You know, there's this moment of acknowledging there is suffering. And in that moment, you know, when we take that little bit of a step back, the heart understands, you know, and sometimes we have a very clear understanding of that. And you begin to develop that clear understanding of that that there is something other than suffering. Remember what the Buddha taught, the clear understanding of suffering leads to faith and conviction that there is something other than suffering. You know, it's like when we take this step back, when we're in it, we think that it's all there is, right? It's all there is, you know, it's all there is is my suffering, my suffering, um, suffering. We take that little bit of step back, we see it's not all that there is, right? And we create a little bit of room, you know, and we start to see that there is something other than suffering. 
there is happiness. There is happiness of heart. So when we can take this, just begin to learn this simple strategy of taking a step back and just acknowledging. You don't have to do anything else. But, 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 but. Right? Mind the butt. Remember I gave that talk years ago? Mind the butt. But I have to do this. I have to do that. This is one strategy, you know, but a very powerful strategy. If we can take this step back and just acknowledge the pain, it shifts. It shifts. So, you know, I think, you know, again, in terms of pragmatic dharma, real-life dharma, uh, you know, these very simple ways that we meet our experience during the course of any day. You know, these very simple ways that we meet our experience during the course of every day. This isn't a graduate course, you know, that we're going to. You know, this is how you meet your life, you know, in the course of your life as you go through your life. You know, uh, you know this is a very, you know, these are very simple strategies that we learn to apply uh, and, you know, because they're simple, I think we tend to, uh, you know, when I'm using the word simple, you know, I, I mean, you know, what do, we, what do we really mean? It's like you're not using the thinking mind so much, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not, you know, because, you know, we, we, we tend to think, but I've got to use, I've got to figure, i got to, you know, it's like these very, you know, it's a very simple, it's like my friend used to say, my Dharma teacher friend, you know, simple practice for complicated people. You know? So, uh, you know, we're very simple strategies, but we tend to underestimate, you know, these strategies in their simplicity, is their, is their profundity, you know. Uh, they're simple because we're not using all of our thinking mind so much, and what we're learning to do in the simplicity and in the silence of the strategy or the practice to trust in our wisdom, to trust in the heart, to trust in awareness, to trust in the happiness that's always there. So let's just close our eyes for a second.